0: What's up and welcome into the lead block. Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Tyler Walters. I'm your host alongside Matthew Anderson. Matthew, how you doing?
1: Doing great, man. How about you?
0: Doing good. Back on Skype again. Uh, we will be for the next for the next few shows. Not sure quite how long. I guess we got a couple more weeks on Skype, right? And then we'll get into the studio. Yep. Um, so we'll sound a little different again today. Uh, Big games happen this weekend. I hope everyone had a safe holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever season. (laughs) And then we get into New Year's this week. Got a little New Year's football. Um, The big thing for me is football is dying down very rapidly. Uh, I don't know how you feel, but like Saturday was the first day. And I mean, I guess maybe Army, Navy was kind of the same, but I had the husband that night. Um, and I did watch football, and I was doing Christmas shopping that day, so I had something to do all day. Saturday, this I think this Saturday was the first Saturday I didn't have much to do outside of football, and like I'm just used to, my body is now used to waking up on Saturday and walking downstairs at whatever time, throwing on game day, cook a little breakfast or whatever, sit down and then the yacht, like 14 straight hours of college football and every, you know, every TV we got, you know, bring in some extra TVs, throw on the laptops, like as many games as you can get on. And that's just dying down now because there's only so many games. And then a lot of these games, it's hard for me to get hyped up for bowl games. It, it really is. Like I try and if I catch one on that's good and like, I just see it's close. Like I watch it like uh, uh, Memphis and Penn State the other day. It was pretty close for, for quite a while, and I kept watching that one, and uh, it would up Penn State ended up pulling out. But like, yeah, the bowl, the bowls just don't quite do it for me like the regular season did. Um, but yeah, now now we're just dwindling down. I feel a little lost on my weekends. How are you feeling? It, not as many
1: Yeah, most definitely. Like whenever you're talking about getting hyped up for bowl games, I was sitting there. I think whenever watching the playoff before Clemson played and Alabama was talking about like, oh, we got practice today, and it's just like it's just not the same whenever you're not in the playoff. Like I guess it's just like I'm so used to them being like playing in on the, the semifinals. It's like when they're not, it's like, well, nobody's really going to care. For the most part, whenever I film dinner on New Year's, I tune in and obviously national championship, but you can definitely tell that it is dying down. And yep, so time to actually go out here and be productive.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's killing me. I don't know what to do with myself. got to find something to do on Saturdays. I haven't had to do that since, I guess, the middle of August. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll start with the, the, the biggest game of the weekend, obviously. Ohio State and Clemson. Um, Yeah, Ohio State with for. I mean, I don't know how you could watch that game and say that Ohio State wasn't without a doubt the the better team for almost all of this game. For ninety five percent of this game, was the better team offensively and defensively, and they just seemed to give it away. It was tough. Um, Ohio State 23, Clemson 29. Was it Saturday night? I sit down and start watching this game. You get the first quarter rolling. Ohio State starts rolling a little bit. And,
1: and, and uh, Dobbins do his thing. Yeah.
0: Wait, say that again? Sorry, I think I lost you on Skype for a second. What'd you say?
1: Yeah, I was just saying that. Uh, most Ohio State fans were looking like, I'm sure, when they wake up this morning, like, what happened? Because it's like they were playing well, especially to start off. They went up 13 nothing, And uh, Justin Fields was doing it, for the most part, from, like, in the pocket because I think his knee was bothering him. J.K. Dobbins was looking like Ezekiel Elliott back whenever Ohio State played. I think that was Alabama and Oregon that year to win the national championship. And it was like everything was clicking. And then the momentum shifted.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State comes out, like, boom, boom. First, like, first two plays, I thought uh, Fowler and, and Herb Street. I mean, they always call it a great game, but the other night when, you know, Fowler's pointing out that how kind of, I mean, not surprising because you expect a good game plan from Ryan Day, but, like, how he came out and it wasn't like, all right, we're going to take a drive and try to figure out what we're going to do against Venables, like Brent Venables' defense. Like, we're going to come out and, like, we got a script like we we're going to punch him in the mouth. And they did two short, quick throws to get the game going. They marched right down the field. And they end up, what, giving up a field goal that drive first first drive of the game? Like, good, good hold by the def- uh, Clemson defense.
1: Yeah, and when I saw them kicking the field goals, I was like, this is going to come back to haunt them, because like, you want to get down there. Obviously, if you can end the drive instead of a turnover with a, or a punt with a kick, that's great, but it's like at some point you want to uh, be ending these drives with touchdowns and it ended up coming back to haunt them.
0: Yeah, but Clemson, I mean, Clemson was outplayed all except for two Clemson offensive drives and a little of their their defense in the second half, uh, especially in the third quarter. And like. Clemson had two good drives with their second drive that they scored a touchdown and their last drive, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Um, But yeah, Ohio State played a great, great game other than just some stupid, stupid things. The first thing, and, and a little bit of, we'll start with the kind of the controversy around the game was, the first one was, or the biggest one, is the fumble that got called back? So, who is that? Ross? Uh, Clemson's yeah, wide receiver Ross. Ross? What's this, Justin Ross. Okay. Uh, is, yeah. So, he catches the football. Um, I hadn't asked you about this yet. So, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what you think about it. And on the field, it's ruled a fumble. Ohio State takes back her touchdown. Then they reverse the call. To me, it looked without a question like a catch. He grabbed the ball. He took three almost four steps with the, he was about to put his foot on the ground for his fourth step after the football hit him in the hands and he had grasp of it and then he fumbled it gets punched out and uh Ohio State picks it up takes it for a touchdown and this was at a time where Ohio State was struggling for momentum they could not get it going they were struggling to stop Clemson and even when Clemson wasn't scoring they were moving the ball very well you know not just going three and out and Ohio State gets some momentum here. It's a huge, huge play because they take the lead back, and now you have Ohio State up, and they've got the momentum and the little bit of error that Clemson had, uh, that building momentum, and they were almost to the top of the hill. Ohio State just took it right from them with that, and 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 they get uh, they take the lead back. The goes game goes what what was it twenty two nineteen at that point? This game was a weird scoring
1: uh, yeah. the
0: whole way, and. They they get they get the lead and then they review it and call it back. I couldn't believe it. What did you think about it?
1: Yeah, at first when I saw it, like and when I saw it initially, I guess that was normal time. I was like, I didn't know. I was like, okay, it's bang bang. But I was surprised they let the play run, which I think is really good because you can always overturn it, but it's like just let the play happen. But then when I saw it or official review, I was like, that definitely was a fumble. And not only was it like a fumble, but he instantly, you know, usually they say you have to instantly pick it back up, and they did that, and it went to the end zone. So whenever they called that play back, I was like, oh, man, because that, that gave Clemson another chance when that one probably would have definitely flipped that momentum completely back to Ohio State. So I hated it for him. I hated it, like you said. And also one thing to think of is I think that Ohio State is a better matchup for LSU, in my opinion, besides this little Clemson thing that they just can't seem to lose. They have this thing they just – figure it out. I think Ohio State's a better matchup and yeah, so, but that's for that play I definitely thought that was a fumble
0: uh, Yeah, I, I mean I, I didn't think, like, look, we the two of us, I mean, we talk SEC football um, ma- the majority of the time, right? We're usually talking South Carolina because we're right here in Columbia and we're talking the teams that they play week in and week out and yeah, we, like, we throw Clemson in there because they're in the state and they're South Carolina's rival um, and they're you know, the most dominant football program in the nation over the last five years. So, how can you not talk about them uh, when you do a sports college football centric show? Um, but we're used to SEC refs screwing up, and they had SEC refs in this game, and it, it was just peak, peak culmination of everything. SEC teams have been dealing with all year, right? Yeah, uh, Tennessee gets screwed early in the Alabama game on the road in Tuscaloosa. That same week in South Carolina, um, struggling with with ref calls against Florida. I mean, every single team in the SEC struggled at some point this season, maybe except Alabama with with calls and not going their way and seemingly BS. Um, yeah, it was it was. Just tough to watch. And, and, like, it's so frustrating how on the biggest stage of college football you have refs where you put a play up on the screen and 80% of the country thinks, excluding Clemson fans, right? Because they all thought it was a drop, Um, which if I was a Clemson fan, I would be saying, oh, he dropped that, he didn't catch that. Uh, I would just, you know, disown (laughs) all all truthfulness there but everyone else thought it was a fumble or knew it was a fumble from everything we watch and this is like nfl level ref screw ups uh it, it brutal brutal to see it it was it was tough for me to watch when such a big play gets taken away from a team for something i like my problem was really and this is what gets me a lot of the time is if you call it on the field, it has to be indisputable video evidence. And if yeah. they had called that on the field that it was a drop, I would have been okay with it being a drop, but I still thought it was a fumble. They called it a fumble and a touchdown, and then they it reversed. reversed it to a drop. Yeah. That was tough for me to watch. I, I, like, it, was, it was just bad. And I get, and a lot of the stuff I saw on Twitter and, and uh, on different websites, and I checked what is, what is Ohio State's... Is it Bucknuts or something? Their, their rival site, 24-7 site? Uh, I saw a couple articles a on there. People? Yeah, absolutely. Huge, huge media base around Ohio State uh, for obvious reasons. But all talking about, you know, um, the excuses for it being called back is because you have to watch it in real time. And I, don't, I do you remember what ref it was... Was it Matt Austin, who was the ESPN I mean, expert ref?
1: I, I don't know his name. I don't know his name to be honest with you.
0: Okay. I, I want to say it was, but I could be completely wrong on that. Um, him jumping on air and saying to me, you have to watch it in real time. Um, in real time, he still took three and a half steps. Like, you, can't, you can't replace that. Just because he took three steps really fast doesn't mean you didn't take three steps. Right? Even the NBA would have called that a trouble. So yeah. it's it's tough. I, I stole that one. Stole the NBA line from the internet. That was pretty good. Um,
1: <laughs> Your credit, okay.
0: good too. but yeah, I can't take credit for that one. I'm not that smart. But uh, yeah, it was like it was brutal, dude. You can, you're you're on ESPN telling me that this is how you've always called plays. What I know for a fact, it's not because I've seen I've watched college football for the last decade or how many ever long now. We've had replay problems and. You morons always watch it in slow motion. You you and you say you don't and, and you always do and you're like, Oh, it's important to remember the real time. Real time he still took three and a half steps. I think the real time you need to look at a lot when you address targeting issues, uh, which was the other thing in this game. Uh so who is I get his name written down here. Sean Wade. That's right. Sean Wade for Ohio State. What's well, is this is second quarter. Um in Ohio State's up what, thirteen zip at this point? Clemson can't get it going, and Sean Wade comes in on a delayed blitz um, and hits Trevor Lawrence with the crown of his helmet. And I saw a lot of media and a lot of former football players hopping on Twitter to complain about how this wasn't a targeting. By the letter of the law, that is targeting. I get that happened fast, and I get that Trevor ducked, like right as he was right as Wade was entering you know it, going for the tackle, but if you lead with the top of your helmet and you put that helmet down, I know you can't I know you listening can't see me doing this, but I'm doing it to Matthew anyway because he's the only one who can't see me, so I'm explaining with my hands uh if you lead with the top of your helmet and you duck that chin down into your chest and you hit someone in the chest, shoulders, neck area head, you are going to get flagged for targeting that is the that is the rule so it is targeting, and i'm tired of people saying it it wasn't targeting just because trevor lawrence ducked now had he come up with his face mask and and uh hit trevor with his neck straight up and his and his face mask hit him in the helmet i think he was good but when you drop that head they're gonna call that targeting And, and i mean that's just how it is now i get that i'm not saying that uh, Wade went in, you know, viciously and was trying to take his head off. That's a split second. That decision for him happens so fast and it's so easy. It's human nature to drop your head and do that, but they are trying to take that out of the game and the reason they have these rules is to protect players and they're trying to get, for years now, the, the point of these, all these targeting rules is to get you to come in with your face up and your face pointing at the, at the person you're tackling and try to avoid their head Trevor Lawrence ducked down, so it was head-to-head. But if you don't lead with the top of your helmet there, he leads with the face mask and goes straight into him. I I think that's no targeting, and I don't think we have a problem. But from, from what I saw, absolutely targeting. How did you feel about it?
1: Yeah, I was thinking. It's like I hear everybody saying like this is how it shouldn't be. This is blah blah blah. But like you said, letter of the law. There, goal wasn't writing. It is what it was. You could go back and watch the replay. Hit him with the helmet, so he has to get kicked out. And what the thing was, Ohio State just recently, right before that, Kirk Hershey had been talking about how much that safety loves being the only guy back there. And so whenever he got kicked out the game, I was like, oh gosh. Because you even saw uh, one thing, one of his teammates trying to hype up, like, oh, Yo, you were at the backup, like, oh, Yo, you ready to go in there? but it's like you can never that guy was like built
0: yeah yeah you're you're right matthew and i like i saw um wait like i like we just had no intentions of doing that but you gotta leave the field to play after a hit like that and what really killed um, Ohio State there was not the fact that like, it didn't kill him just because he got ejected what really killed Ohio State was that now instead of Clemson being off the field um, and you having a sack there Clemson gets 15 yards and an automatic first down yeah. and here's the best thing that I, that I saw Clemson do right there I'm sitting on the couch and I saw that ejection as, as Clemson's marching back onto the field so Trevor Lawrence came out for a play there right um, and who's their, who's their backup? Chase, what's his name? Chase Bryce. Chase Bryce. Um, that is the, that is the like, most 18, 19-year-old white dude, blonde hair, name of <laughs> all time. Uh, probably from like North Georgia or something. Um, but yeah, he comes in for a play and they hand the ball off. And then they stick Trevor Lawrence back out on the field. And I said, you got to throw, throw right at. Uh, the dude who just came in, uh, his name escapes me. This the the defensive back who comes in, throw it at him right now. And Justin Ross was lined up on him, Clemson's wide receiver, and they did. Trevor Lawrence threw a bomb to him, went right at him. I thought it was genius by Tony Elliott. Um, I mean, just a great play call. Like that's football one on one. Guy, new guy comes in. You got sure. you got freshman. You got a quarterback who's never lost a football game as a starter, who's already won a national championship, um, and has been in the Heisman race since day one on campus. Like. <laughs> Throw the ball right at him. Throw the ball right at this TV. And they did. And they get a pass interference call. Like on the guy who just came in. Uh, it, so then that's another 15 yards. And Klipsch goes on the score on that drive. A score touchdown. 30 yards and a f- two free first downs on that drive. That's what killed Ohio State. That drive crushed Ohio State. The stupid defensive penalties. And the targeting was avoidable. Uh, but I, I can understand the targeting a little bit. But the P.I. right after, man, you got to know. you got to know the ball. As a defensive coordinator, you got to know they're throwing right to him, right at him. you got to get him help. And you got to have, as a, as a defensive back, you've got to know that they are coming right at you. So you better be on your P's and Q's and be ready to go as soon as you get in the game. Because you know they're coming at you and and, i mean you give up a pi there that that kills that kills that kills so much because now you give up a touchdown and you just let clemson find a way to be down only six points after you dominated the game up until that point it it was just brutal
1: yeah i yeah i'd have to agree with you on that one it's you hate to see it. And like I said, right around that time, like you said, after that drive, I was like, ooh, that's going to hurt him. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know how like how much in-depth it was, but it's like, wow. And then, obviously, I don't know if you noticed, Chase Young didn't have his best game yesterday. But no. I saw that play. I kind of gave him an assist sack on that one, I guess. Yeah, an assist sack because he kind of yeah,
0: pulled it back there.
1: Yeah, yeah, but besides, he didn't have his best game on the biggest stage.
0: No, and he's been. I mean, I think we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, Chase Young has been kind of quiet the last three, four games. You know, ever since he came back from that two-game suspension. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if that really had much to do with it, but he's been quiet. And maybe it's team like Michigan. He didn't do much against Michigan at all, and it wasn't like he was being double and triple covered a lot in that game. Like he he had pretty much single like man on. Uh, Hat on hat, man on man, during the Michigan game. And he wasn't very successful at getting in the backfield. Um, And the same with Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. He didn't have a big game. And he didn't – he had a pretty good first quarter. uh, And I think he was pretty good up until that point. I mean, he was getting some pressures and stuff early on against Clemson Saturday. But, like, throughout the game, like, especially in the second half, like, we just didn't see much of him and you need your guy, like, this is your guy. Like, as a defensive guy, like, he was sitting in New York, like, at the Heisman Trophy ceremony, what, two, three weeks ago? Like, this is a guy that should be in the backfield almost every play, or you know, as much as possible. Um, and, and he just hasn't been there. But then, to further, did you go ahead. Do you have something to say, Matthew?
1: No, yeah, I was actually watching this game. I actually mentioned you on my podcast, Matt Sporehouse. Uh You're 110% yes. right. Like you had kept saying that you were like, he that uh, Dobbins should have been there instead of Chase Young. Jake Dobbins ended up with 18 carries for 174 yards and a touchdown. And he was in the, not in the tent, but actually in the locker room sometimes. I don't know if he's getting x rays, getting a shot or whatever. And he had those type of numbers. Meanwhile, Chase Young obviously didn't really have his best game.
0: Yeah, Dobbins had an unbelievable game. He had a little bit of an ankle issue. Uh, the field was very slick. Um, which I, I thought guess-
1: would really have to be in a dome.
0: Yeah, well, so they lay. They put real grass in that dome, uh-huh. and I guess the problem is that um, real grass is I, like I don't know who's I don't know who I saw talking about this, but I'm not smart enough to figure this out on my own. That's the important part. Um, I guess I guess the problem from what I was reading was that real grass creates moisture, and when you add so many people uh, into that stadium and kind of bring the temperature up a little bit, you Right, You can't keep it very cold in there. That moisture builds on the grass and makes it slick instead of it being turf where it's artificial and it'll be dry. Um, and I think Dobbins slipped. At one point, he was going out on like a little... Um, he, was a, like he was a check down man on, on one play early in the game, and I think he, like he just kind of slipped on his own. I guess uh, tacked up his ankle a little bit, and he got it taped up. And he ended up, I mean, having a great game. Like, he had two big, big carries in the first half. Like, just explosive plays. Um, and for me, like, it just furthered the point, what we were saying a few weeks ago about the Heisman, that Dobbins should have been there over Fields or Chase Young. Um, and Etn, uh, his counterpart, didn't have a great night rushing. Incredible night catching the football. He had over 100 yards receiving, I believe.
1: Yeah, he had three catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns. And one thing I thought was interesting was, and I kind of figured this was happening because when I was watching the game, a lot of guys kept saying, like, they need to stop running Trevor so much. But what was happening was I think Ohio State decided they wanted to eliminate the Clemson run and so they, obviously Travis Etienne was one of the better guys on the field so like how are we going to get him the ball so they decided to get him the ball throwing it to him like the little screen passes and that one toss he did an excellent job now that was the run play the toss wherever he had the like I think it was like a 15 yard touchdown wherever he was kind of hand fighting with the guy all the way to which is hard to do when you're running full speed one direction fight his hand off and get back into the end zone but besides that yeah they threw in the ball a little bit there just to get him involved in one thing that he would worked on since being at Clemson was Obviously, pass protection. And second thing was being able to catch the ball at the backfield because he wasn't, he was good at that out of high school, but he could get a lot better at it. And obviously, it was a good thing he was in practice that because he was going to need it at one of the biggest stages.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, that, like, that pass you just mentioned, a little dink and dunk or the, like the 15, 16 yard line, something like that. And I thought, you know, ETN broke a tackle immediately that he should have been wrapped up like, yeah. so fast. Good. Break a, break a little arm tackle, a little stiff arm action, then breaks through two more guys, kind of slithers his way through and gets into the end zone. Um, he should not have – there's no way he should have scored on that play. It was incredible athleticism from ETN. But, yeah, I, I think you brought up a great point about Ohio State maybe wanting to eliminate ETN, but Trevor Lawrence run all over the place. Like, he wasn't that effective throwing the ball for most of the game um, other than his last drive. And, like, he was incredible running football, uh, very fast. So he's got a six foot six frame. So he's just – I can't – do you have his rushing stats ball in front of you?
1: No, let me get him out for you. Yeah, I definitely did notice that, though. I was like, Trevor is really running this ball today. I don't think that, like, obviously, you know, he's probably still very self-confident. But I don't know if he knew he had all that info. Like, he had that in him, especially with that jump cut. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. But he had 16 carries for 107 yards and one touchdown.
0: Yeah. uh, So, like – and he had multiple times where – uh, a couple design runs, but a couple just like breakaways where he, get, he got a first down. I can think of two or three off the top of my head, which is huge for Clemson. Um, the other thing that killed Ohio State, and I want to get back to talking about them real quick, is the roughing the punter in the third quarter. Just such shit. They get Clemson backed up, right? They're, they're punting from the shadow of their own goalpost. And you send two guys, obviously, you know, you got a team backed up that much. You're coming for the punt, right? You cannot come into the punter standing up. That is such a bonehead play. You cannot allow yourself to get within four or five yards standing up because you're going to hit him because you're running full speed and he's going to pretty much stay where he's at. Like You, you can't stop. Like, you have to dive. And if you go back and watch this, this play that we're talking about early in the third quarter when Ohio State gets a personal foul rough from the kicker called on him, they send two guys at the kicker. One of them dives. He's below the punter at that point. The other one stands up and just runs smack into him. Like You you, you have to know better than that. And that really killed Ohio State because they would have flipped field position. They would have got the ball around the 50-yard line somewhere, maybe, the, maybe their own 40. And they would have got great field position. And they just screwed it up and they gave Clemson a free first down. And, and you just gotta be smarter than that. And then uh, Clemson scores on a huge play from Travis Etienne, like a 50-yard play, like right after that. It, it was just penalties killed, killed, killed Ohio State in this game. Two drives, two full drives given to them by Ohio State. And the first one that we mentioned you know, earlier with the, the targeting and then the P.I., like they gave them 30 yards on that drive. That's crazy. You cannot do that and, yeah. and expect to win.
1: Yeah, when I saw that point, I was like, how did you not get the ball? I was like, My, like if you're going to do that, you better get the ball. And they were so close. I was like, come on, guys. Because like you said, that extends that drive. And it's like that would have been it. Flip the field position. And I would like to think between – I don't know if Dobbins was back by then because the backup running back didn't play too well. But if Dobbins was in that game or even maybe just Justin throwing the ball, he probably would at least been able to get them in field goal position. Oh, one thing I didn't realize at the end of the game – I don't know I'm skipping here, but why didn't Ohio State go for that two-point conversion?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I thought that immediately, uh, you know, they score and they go up 23 or 22-21, was it? Or 23-22? 22-21. 20,
1: yeah, 22 uh, yeah. There you go, there
0: you go, 22. I'm thinking, right, you go for three, you give yourself a field goal to work with, and they kick the extra point. I get there was still, what, like eight minutes, ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, why would you not go for two? Like It doesn't hurt you to go for two if you... Like one point and two points are the same points. Like and you neither team has scored a lot in this game. Both of you struggled to score. Like and you just got some momentum back by scoring. Go for three and get to twenty four. Or two go excuse me. Go for two. Get to twenty four and then you don't have to worry about it. it, yeah. it that baffles me. I'm with you on that one.
1: Um Yeah, I was thinking it's like Maybe, but not. Ryan Day is, was undefeated going into this game coaching, so I know it was like that wasn't the situation. I'm surprised Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's funny. He was doing the Big Ten Network I think Big Ten Network thing after the game. He's talking about like we and stuff. I'm like, well, clearly he's an impartial here. But anyway, yeah. I was thinking. I'm surprised he didn't run because he was on the sidelines, run down to like, what are you doing, Ryan? i tell you what was interesting too. It looked like Urban Meyer belonged coaching that game. Like I don't know if you saw him, but he had the hands on his knees just like he did when he used to coach. Seems either needs to be like an ambassador to the program, like how Steve Spurdy is from Florida or Southern Cal needs to hire this man, because like he was into that game, like that was his team in this vein.
0: Yeah, he's got some role with. Uh, he was gonna teach. Uh, I that. Guess yeah, the yeah. irony here: he was gonna teach an ethics class at Ohio State. Loads of irony there for you. Uh, that was that was quite interesting, you know, especially. In the same year, where they just had a huge ethics problem on the Ohio State coaching staff. Um, That comes out right after. But yeah, he's got some role there. But yeah, it it was weird just seeing him on the sidelines. Like, I don't know. Like, stick him in the boot. If I'm Ryan Day, I'm telling him to get the hell out of that building. Like, I don't want, like, let me run my damn team. Like, you had your time. You retired. You're done. Go be somewhere else. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have a brain aneurysm coaching, when you can't control things, you're not going to have a brain aneurysm sitting there when you can't control things. Um, tough, tough, tough look for for Urban. Um, and the, the last thing I want to get to on this game uh, was Clemson's last drive, like their final drive with, what, four minutes? I want to get to both final drives. But they get the ball with like 450 or something. And Trevor Lawrence it marches them right down the field up. A- Perfect, perfect, perfect for Metatrill. I mean, they got down the field too quick almost. Um, yep. Great, great drive. Score, touch, Cap that one off with a touchdown, right? They do go for two because someone on the football field had a brain last night. It wasn't Ryan Day when they scored. Um, and then Ohio State gets the ball. They march right down the field. And on a broken, they get to the red zone that has been their just their downfall all day. They get to the red zone and they can't score a touchdown. Um, it, it, Fields has all day, and his receiver breaks off of his route, and correctly so, right? Because he's waiting for the ball, waiting for the ball, waiting for the ball, never sees it. He says, You know what? I'm going to be covered over the middle, but if I break to the, to the outside, Fields will see me, he'll hit me, I'm going to be wide open in the end zone. Fields throws it as soon as he cuts and throws it right to a Clemson defender. And yeah, I mean, just it looks bad on tape because you're just throwing to a Clemson guy and there's no Ohio State people around. But it, like, it, it that's, that's tough. It's just a tough break because as a receiver there, you probably made the right call because that play took way longer to develop than it should have. So you break off your route and, you either pull a defender with you or in clear up some space over the middle for whoever catches the ball underneath you or you're wide open in the end zone. Um, and he, I mean, fields through it half a second too early and he threw it at the same time. He threw it two seconds too late and half a second too early, which is quite the, the, the conundrum there. I mean, he it, it's just, it looks bad. It was a bad way to end it because Ohio State just marched through a beautiful two-minute drive together and marched right down the field. And then Fields throws another pick through twice as many interceptions as this game Saturday than he has all season. So his weakness, or his strength, became his weakness. Uh, But at least he didn't fumble.
1: Yeah, I know, right? He went 30 for 46 for 300 yards, but yeah. I know, I'm a 304, 320 yards, by the way. one pass, touchdown. Yeah, as soon as, it's funny, because I've been there before. It's like, you throw the ball, and it's like, okay, this is perfect. And then it's like, wait. Like, because you don't, know, once you let it go, you can't control it anymore. Oh, yeah, And it's like, he sees the guy, and it's like, oh, no. Like, oh, no. And then Nolan Turner gets, the, and Nolan Turner's the backup safety, because Tanner Mew starts with Kayvon Wallace. So the backup safety is like, Oh my gosh! Like this is a Christmas present. Like this is literally all. And then he takes the ball, and it's just like oh my. And then like I said, I think you might have said it's like. And then looking at this game it's like we were the better team. Like you, just, you have a lot of coaches say that whenever you lose the game. But it was like no. Like did this? This did not just happen to us. And sure, it's funny. Uh, Wisconsin had that big lead on Ohio State last in the championship conference championship. Ohio State got in the exact same situation this this weekend. Blew it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I give credit, Clemson defense credit for keeping Ohio State to field goals in the first quarter because certainly it came back to help them because Ohio State should have been up in this game 28 nothing Like, yeah. no doubt. No problem. Easy. Um, and then, I mean, it, they just, the Clemson D just kept them in it and they hung around long enough for a few things to go their way. Um, and they ended up winning the game and it, it it's just tough. Like my, I'm gonna remember this game as the game that Ohio State controlled for 55 minutes, and yep. the refs controlled for about one minute, and Clemson controlled for about four minutes. The most important four minutes. So it it's it's tough to watch. You know, it's just one of those games where you're the better team and you just beat yourself, and that's what they did. And Credit to Clemson for not making mistakes in the second half and not really making many mistakes in the first half. It took them a while to get it going, but uh i mean no no turnovers on the Clemson side of the football was was huge for them and turnovers turnovers are a big part of the game, so it' was it yeah. tough
1: It's funny because like whenever Ohio State went over think thirteen nothing. Like I feel like whenever, as soon as Oklahoma went down that much, it was kind of like, well, this might be it. But it was like with that with the Clemson thing, it was like, okay, we better get going. That was the feel I kind of got from the game. Obviously, I wasn't there, but it was like, I okay, mean, y'all, dude, so we better go get going. We better get going. And they just started clicking. But yeah, initially in this game, I was like, oh boy, Ohio State came to play.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you, dude. I I it surprised me. That Ohio State jumped out to that big of a lead that early, but I never thought that Clemson was going to be out of it just because. <laughs> Their defense is good enough to keep you at 13 for the rest of the game, even if things are going bad in the first quarter. And their offense is good enough to to get 14 to beat you. Um, so well, it was a great game. Things just didn't follow Ohio State's way. And we'll move on. I mean, we spent a good chunk of time on that, as I figured we would. It's just a crazy game. Um, really good game. I'd, I'd watch that one again. I do have to say, uh, Clemson... Their games in the college football playoff, this this game, and then the Alabama—the first time they beat Alabama—were two of the better games. You know, you could ever the, the first time against Alabama was the best college football game I can ever remember. Like, I remember the Rose Bowl when Vets Young and and Reggie Bush and those guys, but that Clemson Alabama game—the first time around, or the first time that Clemson won—just yeah. that was one of the best football games of all time. This one was. Not, not quite on that level, but it was up there. It was really good, you know, top, top few games in the, in the college football playoff era, at least. Um, we'll move on to the other semifinal Saturday, which was just just a brutal beatdown. I kind of—I I didn't think it would be this bad, man. 63-28, and that 28 is like two garbage-time touchdowns. So
1: yeah.
0: it really should have been like 56-14. to 14. Um, Oklahoma you never had a shot at this game. But you got you got to do better than this. They like when you are getting bowl records set on you in the first half that's bad.
1: <laughs> it's it,
0: bad. In a college ball playoff semifinal, it's bad bad. Like just what a statement by LSU. I mean, we said the same thing with Georgia, right? Um, when they played Georgia a few weeks ago. But God, like we've seen, like in Oklahoma's defense is better this year, and it's this, and it's that. I mean, sixty-three points, like in Oklahoma's offense. Just Jalen didn't have a great day. Um, he had how many yards did he end up with? I, like I think I got to pull it up.
1: Passing, he had two hundred seventeen yards passing. Most of it was garbage time. And yeah. uh, 15 for 31. And then for rushing, he had 14 carries and 43 yards. And usually he runs the ball for 100 yards a game.
0: Yeah. And then the flip side, my guy Joe Burrow, Heisman Trophy winner, 29 for 39. 493 yards in a college football playoff semifinal. And seven passing touchdowns. Seven.
1: It, it is literally like he's doing routes versus air. And then occasionally, I don't know if you remember the past River, he was like kind of going out of bounds. And I'm like, dude, throw the ball away. Hey, he throws it to Jamar Chase. Those guys spend so like, there's no way in the world they do not spend a lot of time in the indoor facilities in the summers working these kinks out. But it's just like that stuff, it's almost like they, like, know each other. Okay, but you come here, you go there, and the ball's on the money. Like, and also, last thing I'm say about this, the ball is on the money, like, 95% of the time. Like, hits them in stride. It's very few, and even whenever it's not in stride, his receivers go up and make plays. So it's the, that, I, I love watching that offense, bro. Work.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's completing nearly 80% of his passes this year. But that pass, I had that written down because I wanted to talk about that specific one. I've watched that play like 15 times uh, Saturday, like, and I watched it a couple times uh, Sunday. Like, Joe Burrow broken play. Like, they're just you can't find anyone open. He got a few guys in the backfield. He scrambles out left and he comes back all the way to the sideline right. It looks like he's about to step out and just throw it out. And I think he just sees a little yellow helmet and he's like, you know what? Screw it. They got it. They'll catch it. Tosses it up like a flick of the wrist. I thought the ball was going out of bounds. And then I see it sticking in bounds. I'm like, Oh crap. He kind of lobbed that up. That could be, that could be a pick. What is he doing? And then it gets caught out of nowhere. And I was like, Oh my God, this is just brutal. He's, he's completing everything he wants to complete. It's like, if he doesn't, the only time he doesn't complete a pass is just because he doesn't really want to like, He's like, I will take this one out and give this other team a chance. But, like, that was incredible, incredible toss. Hey, here's a stat for you. I don't know if you saw this yet or not. This is pretty funny. So, Saturday, Joe Burrow played Mercedes-Benz Stadium. His eight touchdowns, he had one rushing touchdown, so eight combined. His eight touchdowns Saturday in Mercedes-Benz Stadium is more than Matt Ryan has been responsible at that same stadium all year. And Matt Ryan plays in that stadium eight Sundays a year.
1: Yes. I saw that. I saw somebody told me I were watching the game. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, that's his home stadium. Like, that is a – well the, the Falcons man's means to take a look at that That's a tad bit <laughs> depressing that, that is not what you want to see out of your franchise guy. maybe his best days are behind him at this point Maybe looking to uh might be drafting joe nick Obviously, they won't be nowhere around but looking for a quarterback because that's not what you want to see like that's in your home stadium And you telling me that's like one touchdown per game. Come on. Now. That's that's not it
0: that, Yeah, that that's brutal. That's brutal 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 if you're a falcons fan um as for, oh, and, and we'll get, before I go back to Oklahoma, because uh, it's, it's coming for you, Oklahoma. Justin Jefferson, oh, oh my God, man. He's catching, he's just snagging ball every time I look. I mean, he's got four touchdowns in the first, basically the first quarter. Yes. Set the bowl record. It was incredible. I mean, he's catching everything. I see Gerber just put the ball in the air, and then, it, boom, uh, Justin Jefferson touchdown. Like, crazy. Crazy! It, crazy.
1: Was, it was insane. 14 catches, 227 yards, four touchdowns. What's insane about that is he's the second-best receiver. I have to go back and look at the film. I wonder that they decided to take Jamar, chase out the game, and try to see if Justin could beat him. Didn't matter. He did it anyway. Uh, Thaddeus Moss, who was Randy Moss' son, had four catches for 99 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and it was interesting. They didn't even need Clyde. They didn't need Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He only had two carries, fourteen yards, because the backup ran with a little burst to him. Chris Curry, he had sixteen uh, carries for eighty nine yards, running for basically six yards per carry. Just a great performance.
0: Yeah, uh, I, Clyde edwards lair a little banged up going into this game, um, and Coach said in the first half, he's like, you know, like we're going to try to use him and they use him as a decoy a couple times. Played it pretty safe with him, which I thought was smart, and then. When you score 21 points in the first quarter, and then you score 28 in the second, you get to halftime, and you're like, all right, like we don't need to play our dude who's kind of banged up. We'll save him for the next game, because this one's over. Um, yeah, and their, their backup did have a pretty pretty good day, uh, Chris Curry. But in he, he runs the ball with some moxie. He's not a big guy either. I mean, yeah. Edwards Lair is famously small, but Curry's, I mean, he, he's kind of a short guy too. It's the year of the short guy in, in Baton Rouge, I guess. The yeah, they the just, short running back.
1: Yeah, they just making it happen on there in Baton Rouge. But yeah, so rest up Clyde Edwards and he'll she should be ready to go uh for Clemson.
0: Yeah. Randy Moss, my guy, Randy Moss in the building straight cash on me. I love Randy. There is <laughs> I I still love the Monday night um you got Moss. It's it's probably my I would have to say my favorite football segment on TV because a lot of these football shows now I think suck and they don't have people who are have any character to them at all. And if they have character, it's too played up and it, it doesn't feel genuine to me. But yeah. I watch the Monday Night, Fo- Monday Night Football countdown or whatever. You got Susie Colbert and, and um, Randy Moss and Charles Woodson Uh, those guys, I really like, I really like that crew a lot. And you got Randy Moss, just straight cash, homie, every 10 seconds. He's throwing up a picture of him. (laughs) Randy Moss is just, all he says, he says straight cash, homie, probably 85 times a day, which I love. I think it's hilarious. And he throws up a picture of him catching, he was catching bass on Christmas. Apparently he's like the god of all gods when it comes to bass fishing, him and Dion, um, and then he's just throwing up You Got Moss videos on, on Monday nights. It's, he lives one hell of a life. Saturday, he was in, uh, in Atlanta rep- uh, representing LSU with his son. Um, that was cool to see. I mean, it's got to be pretty damn cool to have, like, if you're any LSU player and you walk in and, like, Randy Moss, one of the most likable, like, kind and, like, good spirited guys ever in the NFL and one of the great receivers of all time, is just chilling and, like, your locker room, like talking to, you know, his son who plays with you, and like that, that's got to be pretty pretty cool. Like I, I I have a lot of respect for Randy Moss. He's he's quite the character. I, I love <laughs> him so much. Yeah, uh Rand University. Yeah, great great cool. 30 for thirty. He he had a tough dude. That was that's a crazy place he grew up in. Yeah, it's it's uh yeah it's it was it's a slums to say the least. Like that's yeah. that's tough. That's some. That's um. We don't even have uh, like water, running water kind of stuff there in in West yeah, Virginia. That's, that's poor, man.
1: Yeah, I know, right?
0: He, uh, yeah, yeah. Rand- Randy's the guy. But back to back to the game here. Oklahoma, Oklahoma is the Oklahoma is. They're not quite there because their fans aren't as annoying, and they are good, but they. They're staring Notre Dame down the barrel of the gun. Like, those two are the exact same. Like, get to the playoff and embarrass yourself. And then get to the playoff again and embarrass yourself again. Get to the playoff again and you get 50 points put up on you in the first half. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, dude, it's – they're getting – I don't know. Maybe we should – Maybe we should just start a ban of Oklahoma in the college football playoff. Just don't let them in next year, regardless of how good they are. Um, I wouldn't hate that. I'd be all for it. Like, uh, Just give me another SEC team. This is, this is why, like, like, when you take Oklahoma in, Oklahoma deserve to be in. But if you're going to have the four teams in, and it's kind of subjective uh, for that last spot, you know, just say, screw it. and Just be like, you know what, Oklahoma, they're not going to win. Like, let's just throw Alabama in and make it fun. Like, it, I, I'd rather <laughs> seen Alabama play, you know, one of the other teams, any of these teams, um, and have different matchups than than what we saw to Oklahoma. It was just tough to watch.
1: But yeah, that's cool. that's.
0: Uh, go ahead.
1: I was about to say, you know, Alabama's gonna at least show up and play and be competitive with anybody. Also, one thing about my whole thing was got two things here. What the devil was Lincoln Riley doing? Like preparing? Like it looks like this team had no idea what was happening here. They couldn't guard the receivers or uh, on offense, which I thought he was like an offensive savant. <clears throat> they seem lost altogether. It just wasn't a good showing for them at all. At least I could take whenever they played. Uh, Georgia that year, they, they started really hot and they fell off at the end. This game, you know, they weren't prepared. Now, I will say, looking at Jalen Hurts' collegiate career, he could not, obviously, you're disappointed. It's a terrible way to go out. But <coughs> overall, his resume includes two SEC championships, a national championship, a Big 12 championship, 38-4 and four record as a starter. That's amazing. 9,477 passing yards, 80 passing touchdowns. 3,274 rushing yards and 43 rushing touchdowns. So, overall, not a bad college career. Most guys never go 38 and four as a starter. It's like excellent. Yeah, but obviously you lose this game. And, th- and this is one he probably, obviously, you really wanted those. But this one was probably like, yeah, I really want this one. Like, you know, I go off and, you know, go, go to Oklahoma and we make it happen. So, it looks like now I'll be preparing for whatever the Senior Bowl is and prepare to go to in the draft.
0: Yeah, I just I just never thought Oklahoma had a chance, and, and I mean, I think they proved everyone in the world right, I think most people were on board with me, even if you're an Oklahoma fan, you had to know coming into this, it wasn't going to work, so, yeah, tough tough stuff for you, so that sets up LSU Clemson in two weeks, I don't want to get into that game yet, because we've got a few more shows, and we'll talk about it, Um, but it is stupid that this game isn't on a Saturday, like, This game is two weeks from now on a Monday, like two weeks from today as you're listening to this, the National Championship. Like, can we not just play on the day of the week that like college football has? Like, I know I get the NFL playoffs are going on. Like, let them play on Monday night. Like, we all watch Monday night football throughout the season. Like, let them play on Monday night. I don't I don't care. Like, I want this on Saturday. Like all the rest of the games are, so I can have my regular game day, and not have to worry about going to work tomorrow morning, uh, or have to worry about being home from work and time to watch the game. Like this, this, it, it's it's. T- I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hated. I hate it. I've hated it for a long time, and I'll continue to hate it until they change it, which they never will. Um, but we're gonna run through a couple near six bowl games this week. You got it coming at you Wednesday. Uh, so what, that's two days from now, a day and two days from now. Yeah. Um, all right. Florida. Well, actually today, Monday, as you're listening to this, Florida, Virginia tonight. Uh, I think that spread is, let's see, Florida is favored by 14 and a half. Um, I would take Florida by 20, 25, maybe a hundred points. I would take Florida by a hundred points. I think they're going to crush Virginia. I don't think Virginia, like Virginia shouldn't be playing on a major college football stage anyway. Um. yeah, I'm assuming you got Florida tonight as well, Matthew.
1: Yeah, I would, the only reason Florida wouldn't score, the only reason this game wouldn't be like a 21-point win by Florida would be because Florida doesn't score enough points. But, yeah, they should definitely blow them out. I hate these automatic bids. They got to get them out of here. Nobody in the ACC deserves to even be playing in a bowl game this year. But that's Wake Forest. Let's go.
0: Let's go. I'm all in on that. Um. When we got, all right. Quickly, we'll roll through Wednesday. All right. Minnesota. Oh, you got Auburn and Alabama playing at the same time Wednesday, which is like we stretch those out for me. Auburn, Minnesota at one Wednesday. I'm, I'm taking Auburn hesitantly. I think Minnesota could easily win this game. It would be huge for their program, huge for their year. I mean, they started off, what, 9 0. It was a great year from them, but I, I think Auburn's too much. Their defense is so good and i don't think minnesota's played a defense like that
1: yeah i take that all defense a lot. i think they'll be inspired i think some of those guys are heading to the pros so they want to go out for the all out for this one it's coming off this yeah coming off this big win against alabama i take auburn to win this one so those seniors go out or juniors are declaring for the pros they go out uh happy so i'll take the Auburn.
0: uh michigan bama at one wednesday as well i'm taking bama because jim harbaugh can't win a big game who you got
1: no, I, do ne- I would never believe Nick Saban loses to Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> uh,
0: Oregon-Wisconsin, kind of an interesting one. Wednesday. I'm, I'm a little back and forth on this, this one. Who you got?
1: I'm taking Oregon.
0: Taking Oregon. I, I-, I think I want to believe in Wisconsin. Again, I talked about this in the middle of the season. Is, I just feel like they're going to let me down, but I'm still going to take them anyway. I think they're a three-point favorite right now.
1: But I've been watching them beat Ohio. They will go up like that against Ohio State. They can maintain that. They can easily beat Oregon. Oregon, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oregon. I'm really just going for recovery, really like uniforms, but obviously for other college reasons. But I, I see Oregon hopefully going to win this game.
0: Okay. Um. And UGA Baylor at 8:45. Here, uh, here's the shocker to me is that um, I don't know why I always pull up my my app, the Action app, uh, which you can follow me on follow. All my on my bets track them. Uh, I'm at Tyler Walters CNR on this as well as uh, it's the same as my Twitter. So at Tyler Walter CNR on Action App, and I keep closing it every time I say a game and I close the app and then I have to pull it back up. But UGA is only a five and a half point favorite in this game against Baylor. That surprised me. I think Georgia's going to win. I, Georgia should win by at least ten points.
1: Hmm, that's a good one I, th- I probably would tend to agree with you uh, I kept seeing they have a lot of problems With this quarterback situation Is it going to be the first string guy or the second string and third string For Baylor starting, which one's it going to be, do you know?
0: Who in the hell knows I, I think it's going to be uh, Baker, Charlie Baker, is that his name? That might be the guy from Cheap by the Dozen um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> You're seeing that movie, great movie He was quarterback too uh, Yeah, it- it's I-, I think it's going to be their first stringer Brewer, yeah, Charlie that's, Brewer. That's his name, not Charlie Baker. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely from Cheaper by the Dozen. Great movie if you haven't seen it. Steve Martin, 12 Kids. Fantastic movie. I love it.
1: Yeah, I think Matt Rule had a good year, but I don't think they beat Kirby Smart. Uh, I think Kirby Smart going to take care of this one. They're looking, hopefully, to what, – what bowl game is this, by the way? Uh the Sugar Bowl, right? Yeah, the Sugar should Yeah, it is the big time bowl game. They're trying to come off of this loss against LSU and try to end the year on a good note, so I think uh, Georgia takes a win. All right. Um that's what You got anything else today? Yes I do. Thought about it. Did you see yeah. that uh there's a Gamecock transfer, Colin Hill coming to USC? From oh, Colorado?
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I missed this on the rundown. Yeah, so uh Colin Hill who went to Burns, right?
1: Dorman High
0: School, Dorman High School. Dorman, Dorman. Okay, so in the same town. Um, yeah. Went to Colorado State, no. uh, and his coach there, Mike Bobo. Um, Mike Bobo comes to South Carolina. Colin Hill is now grad transferring from Colorado State to South Carolina, and he will be in the quarterback room, and I assume competing for a spot.
1: Yeah, because he's I know he had like a torn ACL, so I don't know if he's going to participate in the spring because USC spring practice starts February 29th, If I'm not mistaken, but yeah, yeah, I, he said he's coming to compete. So Helensky and those guys. And then one thing I noticed, Bobo said Bobo was like, uh, I don't, I think Helensky would have to agree with me. He has to work on his fundamentals. So it's like this. I don't know if it's an open job necessarily. But I definitely think this puts pressure on you, a lot of pressure. And at this point, De'Carriott need to get out of town. Like I do not understand at this point. So you, yeah. he brings a guy from his own system who already knows the playbook. Then you have Luke Dottie. Then you have uh, the Ryan Helinski. How could I forget him? At this point, it's like I guess either De'Carriott just really wants to be a team player. He really likes the school and the program and stuff like that. Or he doesn't mind playing receiver because I just don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'd love to sit down with the Carry On and talk to to him about it, and just I I really just don't know. I don't know what's up. I unless he just knows he can win this job, which I wouldn't hate seeing. You know, like I love watching the Carry On plays. He's a great athlete. He's
1: exciting. Um,
0: but yeah, it's I thought this was an interesting move. I assume when I first saw this, I was like, "What in the hell am I looking at here?" Um, I. I think this is some kind of a ploy for Hill to come here and at South Carolina and sit in the quarterback room and be a mentor for Holinsky and Doty and to carry on and whoever comes in, you know, uh, whoever else that they have in that quarterback just, just to be a mentor and then become a, uh, an, a grad assistant, a, you know, on South Carolina staff next year. I assume from the outside looking in, it looks like a guy who wants to be a coach who's following his coach who he thinks he can learn from and join his staff um, and maybe get some experience and move on from there in a coaching career. Uh, But it's interesting. Something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, I mean, South Carolina keeps it interesting, dude. Like Clemson, (laughs) uh, far more successful. South Carolina right now, um, I, I would say more interesting for sure because Clemson doesn't have the world melting around them right now. Uh, but everything seems to be on fire here in Columbia at all times. So, we, I, dude, we can't get through a week without something weird happening.
1: Yeah. That's the last
0: time you remember a week that something weird is happening. Throughout football season, you have the games and there's all kinds of weird stuff happening. And then, like, first week out, we get, like, Holinsky injury thing. And then, um, what happened after, after that? We get, we get the firings at the same time. Um, or it was the firings first, and then the Holinsky injury thing the week after. And then you get Bobo, and then you get the, I guess, the strength and conditioning coach, which I mean, we don't really care about that much. Um, and now you got this Colin Hill thing. It, it, it is, it's just weird. Um, so we'll see how it works out. I, I really don't think he'll play, but who knows, maybe he comes in wins the starting job and we're sitting around in eight, nine months. talking about how Colin Hill is the next, you know, the second coming of Tim Tebow. So
1: the next big thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would be, that would be great. Um, and I think that's all we got for the lead block today on this Monday. So we will see you Friday. I assume. Yes, I think so. Um, check the show Twitter for any updates. We, we should still be going for Friday. Uh, and we'll talk about all the games that happen Wednesday and whatnot and get you prepared for a little, little NFL, NFL playoffs, divisional rounds next week. Um, San Francisco and Seattle are going at it right now. Seattle's got, or Seattle's got the ball with, with two minutes to go here and they're down five points. Debo Samuel, South Carolina, former South Carolina game got touchdown earlier. Another big catch. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk some NFL next week, and we'll get in probably some basketball. This conference play is starting to it's, starting. it's beginning to to start, and some other things. Um, but that'll do it from us. So before we leave, make sure you go follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at the lead underscore block Matthew. Go follow Matthew at Matthew Chosen One on Instagram and Twitter as well, and myself on Twitter at Tyler CNR. And go follow me on the Action app if you want my picks. I think I'm four and one right now for over the last seven days, six, seven days, um, for college football. I missed the Washington state air force over the other night, which shocked the hell out of me. And, uh, but yeah, go follow us on all of those. Make sure you subscribe to the show, uh, rate the show, send us a review, um, send us DMS, comment on anything we post questions, topics, whatever things you want us to talk about. Um, and the other thing, oh, what's the other thing? Oh, of course. you got to thank Ben Sound for the show music, the intro after music. And that's it. That's all i got. You got any last words, about? No, that's it. All right. Well, we will see you Friday, hopefully. This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.